All right, guys, we are going to go right into this. We are going to be doing our first live episode. This is technically episode seven of the entire series, but we're going to be going into episode one of season two, season two being the live series. So we're going to have a lot of fun with this. Um, if this is something that you guys have never heard of before, HIIT training is high intensity interval training. It's a really, really fun way to cut down on body fat, uh, build a lot of functional strength, strength and endurance. Lots of fun stuff. So let's get right into it here, guys. So hello and welcome to the Healthy Humans podcast. My name is Nathan. I'm going to be hosting today, um, obviously, because there's no one else around. But this is live. So you might even see some dogs make a little bit of noise as well. So we're going to have fun with it as we're going through. Today's episode is near and dear to my heart for several reasons. Not only was HIIT training one of my biggest, biggest focuses when I was going through my schooling, but it's also something I've spent actually training practically for the last five or six years um, with a lot of different individuals with different results as well. So we're going to get into it here. So in today's episodes, we're going to talk about what HIIT is, who can do it, when and where it can be done, and why it matters to your training routine, how to best implement it, into your routine and of course my favorite part progression so buckle up we've got a lot to go over here guys and it's gonna be a fun one all right so first things first is what is hit training h-i-i-t is the acronym there high intensity interval training it's the idea of going through a workout and doing spikes of effort and then followed by recovery so you're if you're kind of tracking your workload it's going up and down and up and down and that's kind of what we should be looking for as we're going through that's the whole idea of the interval portion now this is designed this way to do a lot of different things a longer interval of work so if we're going up and then kind of staying there for a while keeping that high intensity and then giving like shorter periods of rest that's going to help produce more of an endurance response so kind of target different muscle fibers that way a long very shorter interval of work is going to be better for producing muscular power so you know you're not going to sprint over five minutes but if it's you know a 30 to 60 second interval it's like yeah you might do something that's like really high incline or like really really high intensity because you know you're going to get a little bit of rest coming very shortly and those are going to help out develop muscular power and then doing heavier intervals um so whether or not you're doing this with weights or on like a treadmill for example that could be you could model this by increasing the incline or even increasing the weight depending on what pieces of equipment we're using and we'll get into more of that later as well so the nice thing is about hit training is that you can basically incorporate any type of equipment into this which we kind of mentioned you can use weights you can use a bike you can use a treadmill lots of different things it really just depends on how creative you are while you're going through so I will commonly train my clients on two types of HIIT training, the first being cardiovascular fitness-based training and the second being resistance-based training. So the idea there is that we're now going to take the pieces of equipment and we're gonna narrow them down into certain focuses. So if I'm doing a cardiovascular-based HIIT training, I want to probably use something like a bike or a treadmill or a rower, something like that, um, so that we can get a longer period of work done. So a lot more intervals as we're going through. If I'm doing more of a resistance base, this is common, commonly seen in different gyms uh, that run AM, AMRAP sessions, which is as many reps as possible or as many rounds as possible, depending on the format of the workout. Um, and that's really just about like doing the work with resistance training, you know, doing those bicep curls, those squats, whatever it might be, and then like taking that rest when you need. And so the, your intervals are going to be a little more erratic. They're not going to be as structured um, that you can also do these on a timer as well. All right next point we're going to be coming up on is 
who can do interval training. Now, this is one of my favorite parts about interval training is that its flexibility and application applies to a variety of different populations. So basically anybody can do this because you're always working towards your own intensity. You're not necessarily going to run along with me and do the same exact speed if you're just coming into the gym for the first time, right? That's going to be pretty tough um, as you're going through. You're not just going to see like, oh yeah, I can run a seven minute mile my first time in the gym. Like that's not going to happen. So we can cater these intervals so that way we're using kind of a rate of perceived exertion, um, either on a one to 10 scale or a six to 20 scale. I'm a fan of one to 10 myself because that kind of uh, equates very easily to percent effort as well. So if you're a seven out of 10, then you're at 70% effort. So the idea here is that if somebody is new to training and their exercise tolerance is quite low, this means that we're going to probably stick with like simpler movements, things that are a little bit easier to do and things that can be modified easily as well. This means like we might do some bodyweight exercises before we start moving into actual resistance training equipment. That's still going to, you know, produce the same results at first. You got to get over that, that conditioning hump for when you first start training and doing that a little bit easier and then ramping up, hitting that little bit of progression is going to be really important. Then we get into the when and where. So where is mostly going to depend on what equipment you need. You know, if you are in a gym, you can do this with pretty much any mode of exercise, whether or not that's again, a track, a tread, bike, elliptical row or stair climber doesn't matter. Um, if you're doing resistance training, you can use bands, dumbbells, kettlebells, barbells, cables, all sorts of things. So again, your exercise library is going to be quite big. If you're doing this in an area where you don't have as much weights or equipment, uh, you can do a lot of calisthenics, uh, core work, speed and agility, endurance, um, lots of different things you can do uh, like that as well. I have some specific movements written down that I really like it when people touch on these because this is going to hit most of our primary movement patterns. So movements like lunges, squats, planks, jumps, push-ups, pull-ups, um, and hinges. Um, you can do all of those without equipment, uh, and it's really, really good to practice. So that's going to be really, really good to focus in on. Honestly, when it comes down to it, as long as you have enough room to work out, which can be, you know, a little bit of space on the ground, uh, it can be, you know, outside, inside, wherever, you're good to go. Next, we're going to talk about why this matters in your training routine. So HIIT training is one of the best ways to add variety into your routine because it's going to give you a template to follow. All right, we're going to, there we go. That's always the lovely part of uh, working with dogs is there. They know when you're recording, they they want to go outside. They're like, oh, he's talking to somebody. I should ask you to go outside. Always happens. So can't wait to get my own recording space. Super excited for that. But let's get back on track. So we're going to talk about why this matters in your routine. So HIIT training is one of the best ways you can add that variety because, again, you're following that template, which is really, really good. And this matters because it's a really great way to cut weight, hit intervals, they spike your heart rate and that spike in heart rate is going to help you burn more calories over a long period of time. This uh, basically helps you get into what we call the EPOC or excess post exercise oxygen consumption, or we just we just refer to it as afterburn because that's a lot easier to kind of understand. It's the idea that as you're going through, you are able to burn calories during your workout, but also get a little bit of post exercise calorie burn as well. All right. 
Uh, make sure you guys say hi to this big guy as well. If you guys are seeing this on YouTube or on Twitch, this is Dakota. It's actually his birthday today. So he is getting a little bit of camera time. And then you can see Theo running around in the background. Now he's over here, fins underneath my feet somewhere. So all the dogs are showing up here today. And that's what we're having a little bit of fun with as we're going through. So, all right. You can amplify the accuracy and effectiveness of your training by using a heart rate monitor as well. Now, this is one of my favorites. I use a heart rate monitor. You can use one via your watch. Again, the farther away from the heart this is, the more inaccuracy is there. So no worries. Um, if you are using that, just keep in mind, it's not going to be as accurate. If you're wearing a chest rep monitor, that's one of the best ones to do. Um, and it's really when you hit about 12 minutes of like those higher heart rate zones or more, that's when you are going to target that epoch or that afterburn. So make sure you're getting your 12 minutes in. It's very, very important. A lot of different franchises use this metric. Um, the uh, Fitbit itself has like a cardio zone. I know different gyms will use different colors for their heart rate zones to like indicate whether or not you're in those higher zones. So keep track of that. And that's going to be really helping you out as you're going through. All right. The next is how we're going to implement HIT training. And we're going to use the fit principle. So the fit principle is frequency, intensity, time, and type. So this is this is fairly tough training. So when we're talking about frequency, I want you to start it two to three times a week. Build up your tolerance for this. This isn't something you're going to probably hop in and just be like, I can do this four to five times a week. But that is eventually the goal is to get in a little bit more of that time so that you can get a really, really solid routine going. That's the unfortunate part about our lifestyle is it takes time and effort to really see those results. So making sure you're starting off at somewhere that's manageable two to three times a week and then building up your tolerance and getting better from there. So that is a great way. Next, we're going to talk about intensity. So intensity, again, is going to be very relative at first. That's why we use kind of that RPE of like how you're feeling because you might be like walking at a 5% incline and that can feel like an RPA, RPE of like 8, 9, or 10. You could feel like you're absolutely getting gassed out at the beginning of like your kind of exercise journey. And then maybe a few months later, you could be jogging at a 6 miles an hour. You know, your met value is way higher and maybe you're running with a little bit of incline as well and you're just like, nah, man, my RP is like maybe a 6 or a 7. That's fantastic. That's what we want to hear. So Again, it's going to get a little bit better over time, but you want your efforts to be repeatable. So I usually say as you're going through your intervals, RPE of like six to eight means that you're still working really, really hard. But like when you take it down to those intervals of rest, you're not, um, you're not having to stay there for longer than is needed. All right. Talking about time next. So this is going to heavily depend on your intensity. If you are sprinting your brains out, the intervals are going to be short. If you're like doing more of a moderate pace, those intervals can be a little bit longer. So cater or create your intervals based on what kind of training you want to do. If it's endurance training, your intervals should be like two, three, maybe even up to like four or five minutes long at a lower intensity. Something that's still going to get that sweat going. It's going to get that heart rate going, but it's not going to just absolutely toast you after like two or three intervals. So keep that in mind as you're going through. If you're looking for more like power intervals, you're like, hey, I want my sprint time to get better. Um, you want a fair amount of intervals, but short and with lots of rest. So probably a greater amount of rest than work, at, at least on time. So keep that up. Uh, keep that in mind as well. Now, type we've already talked about quite a bit as well. So I won't talk about this too much. But type is essentially just the basically the mode of exercise that you're doing. Um, 
pretty easy to go through. I mean, you can do this on a treadmill, you can do this on a track, you can do this on a bike, anything that has a timer on it already. Or if you've got, you know, one of these like fancy devices, you can literally just like have a timer going on your phone. Um, lots of different ways to do that. And really, the nice thing is, is that because it's so easy and so accessible, there's no excuses for not doing it as you're going through. All right. Next part we're going to be talking about is how to progress. All right, big guy. He's like trying to get his, his face in here again. He's like, oh, I need to see. Uh, next is how to progress. Now, this is one of my favorite topics. Um, hit training, especially if done like on a treadmill or if you're running, can be accurately progressed. And I love doing this myself. I do a lot of running on treadmills because I can gauge exactly how hard I'm working and I can see the exact met value on those every single time so I can keep it really, really dialed in. Now, if I'm exercising three to four times a week, which I am along with about five times of resistance training, I can usually increase my pace every like two to five weeks. Usually what I shoot for personally, and again, been doing this for a while is I try to increase my speed every month, uh, mostly because that gives me roughly like 12 to 15 repetitions at a certain interval time and speed. So I know like, okay, this is doable. I, I'm able to progress this and I'm not overtraining myself as well. So you can use uh, your treadmill, a bike, basically whatever. Uh, you're doing this, but really just progress it at a rate that's comfortable for you. You might find that like, okay, if I'm progressing every month, I feel like I'm moving too slow. If you need to progress like week to week, you can totally do that. And again, you can make those really minor changes. You can change your speed one decimal point at a time, which is fantastic. Now there's a lot more um, that we can talk about in regards to this um, as you're going through. But I, again, I just wanted to kind of quickly cover um, what that might look like as we're going through. So we're gonna go over specifically understanding the heart rate response during exercise. So I've got a screenshot here of my heart rate during a quick uh, 26 minute session. We've got the first portion over on the left here. That's just my warm up. you know, walk in a little bit, just like making sure everything's set as I'm going through. You can see in this workout, I burned 326 calories in 26 minutes. Uh, I use the MyZone heart rate monitor. So I got about 60 points for that, which is pretty good. Um, and we won't focus too much on the points itself, but that is uh, important. So you can see right now when I took this screenshot, I'm in my recovery phase, which is right at the end here, and I'm dropping down to that 71%. So we're going to go over just a couple of different things regarding the timeline of this. There's going to be these three blue marks right here is when we're taking our intervals of rest. Two ticks represents about 10 seconds. This is referring to the number of yellow ticks as we're going through. So the number of seconds spent in the yellow zone. So this was a fairly low intensity interval training workout. You can see that in that first block, we got two ticks and then we got seven ticks in that second block and then 10 in my third block. A decent amount of time, not a ton. That's equaling roughly just about three minutes of work in that yellow zone. So not a ton, definitely not hitting that 12. But in these blue zones here, we took those walking recoveries. And that first blue zone is actually the transition from our walking warm up into that first block, five minutes of work, and then back down. Two minutes of rest, walking recovery, five minutes of work. And you can see that heart rate starts to spike a little bit more as shown by in block number two we spent uh we got seven ticks of movement in there as well um 
giving Dakota a head pat for you. You got it. Um, it is his birthday. And then in that third block, we got 10 ticks of uh, yellow time as well. Now, this is a pretty low intensity workout, so we would definitely see a lot more. Like yesterday, I did the same thing. I wasn't able to capture that on there um, and add it to the graphic, but it was a lot more than just um, a total of 19 ticks. So it was quite a bit of time. I was, I was sweating a ton. Um, but it was going through basically that same pattern um, as we went through. But you can use different heart monitors here, and you can kind of see that we went from the ratio of five minutes of work, two minutes of rest, five minutes of work, two minutes of rest, five minutes of work. And again, with a little bit of uh, time spent on the forefront, uh, mostly just getting that together, took me 26 minutes, burned a small chunk of calories. Um, but again, I could up the intensity of this, take the same amount of time, and do a lot more work as well. So... That's kind of the nice thing when you're using this as you're going through. That's a small demonstration, and I'll try to throw in some more kind of like mini pods to this series as well. So that way we can talk about different formats so we can get some more detail into this as well. So that's uh, just one way that you can incorporate HIIT training. And this was done on a treadmill um, at a 1% incline walking speed of 3.7 and a running speed of 5.7. So again, not, the, not breaking any land speed records here, but it was mostly just done um, really quickly to kind of get that graphic available for you guys. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. We're going to be posting this uh, again first on Twitch so that you guys can see this live. We're going to edit it down just slightly for YouTube so you can take me sneezing out of this and taking dog breaks. Uh, and then we'll post that finished audio um, up to the actual podcast as well. So thank you guys so much for stopping by and we'll see you guys in the next one.